Is there someone who kind of leads your extended family? Maybe a grandpa or even a great-grandfather? Maybe it's your dad. Well, the nation of Israel looks to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as their leaders, their founders, their fathers, or sometimes they're called the patriarchs. Today we're going to hear about the last days of the last patriarch. We're going to hear about some of Jacob's final things that he said before he died. I'm so glad that you joined me here today on Audacious Arrows, where we're becoming recklessly bold men and women of faith through the power of God's word. Well, our story of Joseph in the book of Genesis is coming to a close. And to wrap things up, we're going to hear a little bit about what happens with Joseph's father, Jacob. He's very old at this point, 147 years old to be exact, and he is close to dying. He's on his deathbed. He has very poor vision. He can hardly sit up. He's a very, very old man. And he knows that he's close to dying, and so he wants to bless his children before he dies. And that is what he is going to do. And this was a blessing like a give hugs and kisses and say goodbye sort of thing. But it was also an opportunity to make some inheritance decisions and to explain what was going to happen with Jacob's possessions, how things would be divided up after he was dead. And there's also a lot of prophecy in what Jacob blessed his sons with. The things that he said to his sons came true later on in the Bible. The way that he blessed these things, we see them um, being fulfilled later on. So they're important blessings. In our reading today, Jacob is going to start with not any of his sons, but two of his grandsons. He's going to start with Joseph's two boys, Manasseh and Ephraim. Manasseh is the older son and Ephraim is the younger son. And one thing that Jacob does is he flip-flops the order around. He flip-flops the blessing and gives the younger son, Ephraim, the greater blessing. Does that remind you of any other stories in the Bible? That's exactly what happened with Jacob and Esau. Things got flip-flopped. Often this occurs in the Bible where God doesn't choose the firstborn. He doesn't choose the smartest, the best, the wealthiest, any of that. He doesn't make his decisions based on human standards. God has mercy on whom he has mercy. He does what he wills. And in this case, he caused Jacob to bless Ephraim, the younger son, over Manasseh. So Ephraim gets the greater blessing. And later on in the Bible, Ephraim is going to become one of the largest tribes in the northern kingdom of Israel. And Manasseh is going to be much smaller. So the blessings are prophetic. They tell something that will happen in the future. Another thing that's important to understand is that Jacob claims Ephraim and Manasseh as his own. He says that they will be his own, just like Reuben and Simeon are. Now, this doesn't mean that Jacob is going to adopt Ephraim and Manasseh and raise them as his own children. It has more to do with the fact that he's going to give these two grandsons a share with his 12 sons. So they are counted as Jacob's sons. Okay, put on your thinking caps because we're going to need to do a little bit of math here. There are 12 sons of Jacob plus Ephraim and Manasseh. So that makes 14. 
So why do we always hear about 12 tribes? Why don't we hear about 14 tribes? And the answer to that question is not that simple. It depends on what kind of list is being made in the Bible. So if a list is being made and it's talking about how the land of Canaan was divided up, often they don't include the tribe of Levi. Levi was spread out throughout the land of Canaan. They didn't have their own land. If the list is talking about the sons, the original 12, then Joseph is included. But often Joseph is taken out of the list and Ephraim and Manasseh are put into the list. So it just kind of depends throughout the Bible. But usually we talk about the 12 tribes of Israel because there were 12 sons of Jacob. All right, after that really long explanation, let's dive in. We are reading Genesis chapter 48 today. So find that in your Bible, Genesis chapter 48. Here we go. After this, Joseph is told, Behold, your father is ill. So he took with him his two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim, and it was told to Jacob, Your son Joseph has come to you. Then Israel summoned his strength and sat up in bed. And Jacob said to Joseph, God Almighty appeared to me at Luz in the land of Canaan and blessed me and said to me, Behold, I will make you fruitful and multiply you, and I will make of you a company of peoples and will give this land to your offspring after you for an everlasting possession. And now your two sons, who were born to you in the land of Egypt, before I came to you in Egypt, are mine. Ephraim and Manasseh shall be mine, as Reuben and Simeon are. And the children that you fathered after them shall be yours. They shall be called by the name of their brothers in their inheritance. As for me, when I came from Padan, to my sorrow, Rachel died in the land of Canaan on the way, when there was still some distance to go to Ephrath. And I buried her there on the way to Ephrath, that is, Bethlehem. When Israel saw Joseph's sons, he said, Who are these? Joseph said to his father, They are my sons, whom God has given me here. And he said, Bring them to me, please, that I may bless them. Now the eyes of Israel were dim with age, so that he could not see. So Joseph brought them near him, and he kissed them and embraced them. And Israel said to Joseph, I never expected to see your face. And behold, God has let me see your offspring also. Then Joseph removed them from his knees, and he bowed himself with his face to the earth. And Joseph took them both, Ephraim in his right hand toward Israel's left hand, and Manasseh in his left hand toward Israel's right hand, and brought them near him. And Israel stretched out his right hand and laid it on the head of Ephraim, who was the younger, and his left hand on the head of Manasseh, crossing his hands, for Manasseh was the firstborn. And he blessed Joseph and said, the God before whom my fathers, Abraham and Isaac, walked, the God who has been my shepherd all my life long to this day, the angel who has redeemed me from all evil, bless the boys. And in them let my name be carried on, in the name of my fathers, Abraham and Isaac, and let them grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth. When Joseph saw that his father laid his right hand on the head of Ephraim, it displeased him. And he took his father's hand to move it from Ephraim's head to Manasseh's head. And Joseph said to his father, Not this way, my father, since this one is the firstborn. Put your right hand on his head. But his father refused and said, I know, my son, I know. He also shall become a people, and he also shall be great. Nevertheless, his younger brother shall be greater than he. 
and his offspring shall become a multitude of nations. So he blessed them that day, saying, By you Israel will pronounce blessings, saying, God make you as Ephraim and as Manasseh. Thus he put Ephraim before Manasseh. Then Israel said to Joseph, Behold, I am about to die, but God will be with you and will bring you again to the land of your fathers. Moreover, I have given to you, rather than to your brothers, one mountain slope that I took from the hand of the Amorites with my sword and with my bow. So what can we learn from this particular chapter in the Bible? Several things. Well, first off, we just learn some history that will help us understand more of the Bible as we read it. We learn who Ephraim and Manasseh are and why they're counted as tribes of Israel and where those names come from. You're going to see Ephraim and Manasseh all throughout the Bible. And now you'll know who they are and where those people come from. Second of all, Jacob blesses Ephraim over and above Manasseh. And I don't think there's any real human reason for him to do this. I don't think he thought Ephraim, you know, was better or something like that. I think he hardly knew these boys, to be honest. But he did this, I think, because God is sovereign over this father's blessing on his children. Which should be a great comfort to us. Our lives are not just unexpected and at a whim. They are in God's sovereign control, right down to the little details. And third, I think we can look at Jacob's faith, what he thought about God at the very end of his life. After 147 years of living on this earth, what did Jacob have to say about God? If you look at verse 15, he said, the God before whom my father's Abraham and Isaac walked, the God who has been my shepherd all my life long to this day, the angel who has redeemed me from all evil, bless the boy. So who does he think God is? God is his shepherd who shepherded him all his life long to this day. And the one who has redeemed him from all evil, that's who Jacob found his God to be. He also has faith in God and tells his son Joseph that God will be with him and will bring him again to the land of his fathers. So he has faith that the Lord will be with his son Joseph as well. So Jacob trusted in the Lord to the very end of his days, which I think should cause us to realize 147 years walking on this earth and at the end of it all, who did he trust in? God. Because God is a trustworthy God. He is a shepherd. He does take care of his people. So we too can put our hope and our trust in God. We can look to him as our shepherd as well. Well, our memory verse for this week has been in James chapter 4, verses 13 and 14. They say, Come now, you who say, Today or tomorrow we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. You know, it may feel like our lives are very long. Sometimes our days feel really long. But when it all comes down to it, our lives are very short. 
and then we're gone, just like Jacob. His 147 years sounds like a really long time, but it was just a little blip in the timeline of history. The Lord, though, is eternal. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And so our lives are short and finite, like a mist that just disappears as soon as the sunshine comes up. But God is eternal. I'm so glad that you joined me today in reading God's Word. We'll see you next time.